Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in kind of a studio with Eli McCann. Hey, Eli, how are you? What do you mean, kind of a studio? I mean, it's not our studio, but it's a studio. It's, uh, yeah, it's a janky room at my house, and we have microphones propped up on boxes. Yeah, so we're doing this, we're doing this old school, like we're two people who just started a podcast thinking it's going to be easy, and then we learn how hard it actually is to yeah. maintain a podcast. Yeah. So, Eli, we are recording this podcast on Thursday, June 4th, and it has been quite a week, mm -hmm. uh, quite a couple weeks since we last did Hive Mind. Um, and, you know, leading into this episode today, I was like, maybe we should make an effort to cover some sort of black media. And then that just kind of felt opportunistic. Uh, it's weird to be a content creator right now. Oh, yeah. And especially a comedy content creator. Well, yeah. It's just like what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what's opportunistic, what's capitalizing on a tragedy. There's all these questions. That said, I do want to talk about a show that I just finished watching. Um, it's called Atlanta, and I'm sure you've heard of it. It's mm -hmm. Donald Glover, who is the showrunner. Um, it is about a young man in Atlanta who has a daughter and a girlfriend and is helping his cousin to become a successful rapper. It's not a show about racism. It is a show where racism is part of the story because his character, Earn, is black and he's living in Atlanta. And it's really interesting the way he addresses that in different episodes. It's never... It's never an overt, this is an episode about racism, but it is like, here are things that are happening to this character because of who he is and where he lives. Um, there's actually an episode where he goes to pay at a hookah bar and is accused of using a counterfeit bill. And like, I, that's the first time I'd heard of that, right? Mm -hmm. the, that happening and is that being like a problem for black people often and it feels a little prescient. Mm -hmm. Atlanta is a very good show. It's a very funny show. It's a show that has taught me a lot. So I'd like to recommend that everybody listening watch Atlanta. What have you been watching? Cool. A uh, couple of things. I am going to actually start Atlanta tonight, and I'm very excited. And I don't know what, what's taken me so long. I've had friends recommend it to me a couple of times over the years, and I put it on a list and then forget. So It's great. Thank you for reminding me. Uh I, Hannah Gatsby, put out her new special. That's right. Have you watched it yet? I have not. So I texted Meg about this. Um, Hannah Gatsby, comedian, put out a comedy special, and she famously, was it last year or two years ago, she did her comedy special called Nanette. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of revolutionary. It was turned out to be a pretty heavy, 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 heavy show, and it was fantastic. It touched a lot of people, myself included. I thought it was like one of the best things I had watched that year. Um, and so she put out this new comedy special. I texted you, Meg, the other day, and you said that you didn't know if you had, like, the emotional capital to, like, watch mm -hmm. another Hannah Gatsby thing. Uh, this is a complete, like, 180 from okay. Nanette. Uh, this is a, a comedy special. She's got a couple of, like, hot takes, but nothing that, nothing that feels heavy at all. Okay. And it is really funny. It's really clever. Um, 
Nanette was something that was, again, like one of the best specials I had ever seen. But when I finished it, I was like, I will probably never watch that again because it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. This, when this ended, I was like, yeah, that's going to be something I'll put on in the background while I cook like over the next several years. So I would really highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, I finally watched Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. You know, it, it, <laughs> this was like a wild experience because it's not very often that I watch a movie where I truly don't know anything about the movie. Okay. Like, I didn't even, yeah. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know if it was a comedy. I didn't know if it was a drama. I didn't know if it was horror. Like, nothing. I, uh, the only thing I knew was that Adam Sandler was in it. Yeah. And, and that you liked it, Meg. And that was it. This is a very stressful movie about... Uh, gambling kind and of <laughs> murder and fighting and it is a truly wild ride from beginning to end it's a fantastic movie that I will never watch again because it was so stressful um, Adam Sandler is a very good actor it as it great. turns out that movie comes out the gate sprinting and gets Faster! It's like listening yeah. to music that like starts out like and then by the end it's like and there's like never a reprieve. Like you're like <laughs> the whole time. There's never a moment where you're like, okay, I can relax. Like it is so stressful beginning to end. Oh, I was I like yelled multiple times <laughs> in the last 15 minutes. Skylar kept coming to the room and he's like, are you okay? And I was just like, don't bother me right now. <laughs> I was so stressed out. Yeah. I don't know if I recommend it, but it is, it's really good. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to take in in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, final thing I wanted to plug, because I, I don't think I've talked about this recently, but the Good Fight season four just finished. Okay. So I've been watching that and yeah. I've previously been a huge fan of The Good Fight. It, the show is getting more and more absurd, but it knows it is and it's doing it on purpose. Okay. Which is a really interesting because it's based off of, it's a spinoff of The Good Wife, which tried to be realistic, this yeah. realistic drama. And The Good Fight is almost like a dreamlike version of that show. And so, and what they do is they take real things that are actively happening, like news stories that we're all invested in with like President Trump, for example, and they sort of take the conspiracy theories or like the, the ideas that people have about why things are happening and just imagine if that was real. And then they let that be their story. So it's like, oh yeah, like this person really truly is conspiring with this person and we're breaking that down in this episode. Um, it's really clever it's creative the cast is fantastic but the news is stressing me out more this year than it was when i watched seasons one through three and so it actually has been like not a thing that i've enjoyed investing okay. in and i'd be so curious if there's anybody out there who actually watches the good fight if you've had that same experience recently if it's just like too much at this point because of what the actual news is i would love to hear from you because i don't know anybody who watches this show so. i can't imagine stressful news fictional stressful news right now on top of real actual stressful news that's a lot of yeah a lot of stressful news because it's sort of like yeah the news is awful what if it's even worse <laughs> yeah. not like what if it what, what if it became worse it's like what if it is worse yeah and this is what it looks like if it is worse than we think and it's yeah it's hard yeah, yeah. The, um, pass yeah we'll see yeah uh so and then we we both watched what we've come here today to discuss <laughs> we watched sharknado 
Sharknado. This movie has a runtime of an hour and 30 minutes. It felt so much longer. It's amazing that this movie was somehow substantially worse than I expected it to be. Yes. This is the worst filmmaking I have ever seen. Right. There are so many continuity errors. There's a scene <laughs> where there's a line of children on top of a bridge, and then they're gone. Yeah. Next take, completely gone. No cut, explanation. Cut back. Children are nowhere to be found. Yeah. In the middle of a Sharknado. The, the, the characters are completely inconsistent with themselves. Yes. Their character traits, like within individual scenes... And to the point that it feels like it was written by the people who wrote Glee, like it, it is like that level of just like what? Why is he oh my gosh. mad? Real quick, can we talk about Leah Michelle? Oh, <laughs> like what did people expect from Leah Michelle? Like you knew, you knew she was like that. It it, it doesn't seem like a surprise. To me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And did, did you, she's like now apologizing, but it's like this. But weird... she's like blaming her pregnancy. She's yeah. like, I'm pregnant, and I just want to do better by my child. And it's like, it took you being pregnant to not be a racist. <laughs> what kind of person are or you? Or just even a jerk. Like, yeah. Even if even if it wasn't racial, like just treating anybody. For those, those who don't know, uh, Leah Michelle put out a statement this week that you know was Black Lives Matter, and we need to do more. And right, <laughs> so yeah. a black actor who worked on the film was like um remember when you wouldn't let me sit next to you at craft services and remember when you threatened to poop in my wig and like all yeah. these terrible things leah michelle had done and so now we've been watching leah michelle get completely <laughs> roasted on the internet for the last few days and it's pretty funny I hate to say it, it's a little bit of a, of a joy <laughs> it's a joy <laughs> need to witness that I, I feel like the internet is taking out all of my aggression on glee yeah. on leah michelle oh my gosh glee is such a and now oh, by the way i watched the first episode of hollywood mm. Woof. Woof. <laughs> ryan murphy every show he's like i am going to cure everything that ills society and i'm going to do it in the pilot and it's like ryan yeah no you're not it's a night that You've show is gotta a chill nightmare. out yeah. yeah i made it one episode anyway back to sharknado. sharknado yeah i knew we were in for a complete disaster when our main character is out surfing and he witnesses <laughs> This hot girl that he's just been flirting with be devoured by a shark and is watching swarms of sharks come to shore and while remaining in the water, yells at everyone else to get out of the water. He himself is making no effort to remove himself from the shark infested water, but is instead just yelling at everybody else to get out of the water. Yeah. And at that point, a shark comes up onto shore and grabs a man and eats him. <laughs> and it is the most boring violence I have ever seen. Sharks! Hey, get out of the water! Sharks! They're coming in! Get off the beach! Get out of the water! Sharks! Get out of the water! Somehow... This movie is not the kind of movie that's so bad that it's entertaining. No. And and part of it is, I kind of thought like, well, I think that they know that Shark... They must have known when they made it, like Sharknado, this is absurd. This will just be kind of like a comedy. We're going to make it such a bad movie that it's funny. But 
when I watched this yesterday, I kind of actually got the sense that they were serious about it. Yeah, so I think, if I remember correctly, what happened was they made this first one and it became like a cult classic because of how bad it is. And then they pivoted and made the other like three or four. I think there were six total. Really schlocky and like obviously intentionally funny. intentionally funny. But this first one, they're acting. They're trying their best and I'm convinced it's all of their first jobs. It's Well, the the acting is really bad but the dialogue sounds like it was written by a 10-year-old. I, I think they just showed up on set every day and they said, we loosely want you to say these things. I can see that. Like, I, I don't that. know that there was a script. It might have just been a storyboard. Yeah. So th- this main dude that you were talking about that wouldn't get out of the water, my theory, or at least kind of the vibe that I got from him, is he reminded me throughout the entire movie of, like, Tommy Wiseau yeah. in The Room, like, how he wrote his character. Because this guy is, like, such a hero that it is like kind of absurd so if you've ever seen the room tommy wiseau's character they're just like constantly like tommy you gave money to everything or johnny or whatever his name is and that like they're just like constantly like saying like incredible things about him that yeah. like are even non sequitur this movie has a ton of that for this guy where he is like the constant hero and the vibe that i got from that first scene where he's not getting out of the water he's like he is so good that he is willing to stay in the water to make sure everyone else gets out of the water. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say they executed that well. Uh, turns out he owns the uh, boardwalk restaurant where people hang out and where the waitresses wear bikini tops mm-hmm. and where the dad from Home Alone often gets drunk in the middle of the day. Okay, so let's talk about Home Alone Dad for a second. John Hurd. Yeah. No, I think his, his official name is Home Alone Dad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, so Home Alone Dad and Catherine O'Hara were cast as a married couple in yeah. 1991 in Home Alone, and they t- their careers took two very different paths. Well, he did o- he did a lot of other movies. I know, but then he's now ended up in Sharknado. In Sharknado, maybe out of money. Yeah, it, Catherine O'Hara, she's not running out of money. No, she's a world treasure. Like people just give her money if she needs it because we all love her so much. This guy, though, so he's he spends his day at the bar inappropriately touching women, mm-hmm. and that's his whole character. Yeah, a heavy dose of misogyny in this movie. Heavy. A heavy dose of sexual harassment. Um, all of the women. I, I, I made a note of this, actually. I said rampant misogyny, and then I quoted... Um, there's a point where there's a bu- bunch of blood in the water and the sharks are swimming around and somebody says, looks like it's the time of the month when the shark... Looks like it's t- the t- that time of the that month. time of the month for the sharks. The, the wording was actually even clunkier than that. I think I cleaned it up, but mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, yes, women have periods. Yes. That's- and that's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's worried about his ex-wife and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Ex-wife is Tara Reed. Uh, oh, Tara Reed. Poor Tara Reed. Poor Tara Reed, who looks exactly the same age as she did in the nineties. Have you heard? You know what Cameo is? Uh. Uh-uh. So Cameo is a service where you can pay like D-list celebrities to make a video. Uh, like if it's your friend's birthday, you can send a Cameo from your favorite like contestant on The Bachelor or whatever. Oh. Tara Reid is on Cameo, and people have been sending Cameo requests with scripts with, like, really complicated words. <laughs> that is mean. 
but it's really funny too. <laughs> yeah, because she's not very smart, mm. and it's clear in her performance that she's very beautiful, and she's never had to be anything more than very beautiful. In the ex- interior of their house are multiple pictures of Tara Reid framed and displayed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's is is she actually his ex wife? He keeps referring to her as his wife in the movie. I, who cares? They're separated or divorced. She has a new boyfriend is what's yeah. important. So who he, can protect her as yeah. she firmly tells him. Yeah, so so Hero realizes that like the storm is coming and that means that like the sharks are gonna come on land or I don't know, they don't really totally explain it, but it's dangerous. Yeah. And so he's like, I have to go to my wife or ex wife and daughter who live in this house and I have to save them before things get bad. And from here to there, we're going to recreate the driving scenes from Independence Day. Yes. But on, like, one eight-hundredth of the budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, like, we got to help this lady get a dog out of our car. We're going to watch Home Alone Dad get devoured by a shark after she helps the lady get the dog out of her car. And the thing about the shark deaths is they're happening so frequently that you are not at all all not phased phased and by the way neither are the characters no so he he gets to the house and the Tara Reed and her boyfriend come down and they're like what are you doing here we don't need your help and yeah. his daughter's like got an attitude because she's a teenager and then a shark jumps through the window wait but first we meet the boyfriend who is clearly no good no good boyfriend because he's like april belongs to me and she says excuse me yeah <laughs> I, i'm not your property is the implication and they have words april is mine excuse me my girlfriend is not your responsibility And unless it's the 20th of the month, which it currently is not, neither is Claudia. Khan, don't be rude. He's just worried about us. But then, you know, a shark flies through the window. We've all got to focus on that. Shark flies through the window and eats the boyfriend right after we met him. No one is faced. Tara Reed's face does she not change. Does not react. She <laughs> is five feet from him. Like at least be scared for yourself. He the shark eats him whole, yeah. swallows him whole, yeah. and she like turns to the husband and she's like, "I guess we should get out of here." And it's like, honey, your husband was just massacred, or your boyfriend was just massacred in front of you Maybe by a shark. she was looking for a reason to get out of that relationship, you <laughs> and, know? And then, like, sometimes things just work out. The shark was just so convenient. <laughs> so he's dead. Uh, there's more sharks in the living room because now water is just, you know, it's, yeah. it's a hurricane before it's a tornado. So water's just, like, streaming into this fairly far inland part of California, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, we gotta get out of here. Uh, Hero decides he's gonna distract the shark. How mm-hmm. he does so is not entirely clear. They all get into the car. <laughs> he's gotta distract the shark. Yeah. He makes it to the car, and I swear to you, there is 45 minutes of them driving around California. It's so boring. It is agonizingly boring watching these characters talk to each other Ooh. until they find a school bus. Well, they, well, okay, and this is this is another like Tommy Wiseau example because they find the school bus and he's like, there might be children in there. We have to help. And Tara Reed says to him, all you ever want to do is help other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there, there are like lines like that throughout the movie where they're like, you're just too good of a person. That's your flaw. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, actually... His flaw is that at least 
that he hires and uh, a bunch of young women and makes them walk around in bikinis at his bar where they're getting touched and by a bunch of men in front them, of you. By the way, and berates them and. There's a whole slew of other ones, but let's like at least start with that. But no, he's like he's too good of a guy. And the the daughter during that around this time is like, "You don't even love me." And he's like, "I came for you first. Yeah. And it's just the well, whole because it is, turns out there's a son who they have to go get. Do we want to talk about the son now, or should we? Well, let's wait get till we the meet the son. Right. So it turns out there are children in the bus and an incompetent bus driver who's like, "Hang on, kids, nine one one is coming." And so our hero never bothered learning his name. He's like, listen, we're all going to rappel out of here. He he has, sends his family to go up to a bridge, which, by the way, is perfectly fine up on the bridge. Weather is sunny. Birds are chirping. Uh, Ten feet below is where the shark hurricane is happening. Yeah. So he rappels down on a rope and then rappels up with children. And we, like, actually watch in real time rappelling multiple children. Uh-huh. And then finally the bus driver, okay, who's going on and on about how he came to L.A. to be an actor, gets up. This is where the line of children are. <laughs> and then are not. They're, they're just gone. gone. Did they get home safely? There's a shark hurricane happening. <laughs> we don't know. How, where are these children? Are they alive? Are they okay? Oh, is anyone concerned? And then, I, like, I actually rewound like one minute because I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> like we spent so much time on these damn kids. So much time. And then where are they? Yeah, it gets worse because we get all of this emotional information about the bus driver. More information about him than any other character in the movie. Okay, uh-huh. We know more about bus driver yes. than any of the main characters. Shark Tornado picks up, because now uh-huh. it's Sharknado. <laughs> Pummels him with some tin. He's dead. Uh-huh. We've spent all this time on a group of children that we now don't know where they are and a dead bus driver. It was like probably 25 minutes of the movie. And it is... Th- none of the CGI looks good in no, this. It's bad. It's like aggressively but bad. When the thing falls on him, it looked like a poorly done cartoon from like the 60s and you like couldn't really tell what, what was going was. on it was just like this like thing was like thunk, like right where he was standing <laughs> and it had blood on it it was like what <laughs> Did, what what even is that it makes no sense and, and where looks, are the kids <laughs> were the children under that too <laughs> You should have just left the bus. If you weren't going to, like, help them get home, they might as well just stay on I, the bus. I truly believe they shot this movie and then nobody watched it. They're like, they're like, okay, we have an hour and a half of clips. Put it on the air. <laughs> like, no- I don't think there was a single person who's like, should we watch it from beginning to end to make sure it makes Do sense? Do you ever... Sometimes I write a piece and I'm like, I should proofread it. Eh, I'll just send it to yeah. my editor. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. But they didn't have an editor because their budget was $9 and they spent seven of those dollars on promotion, my- which is how we all know what Sharknado is. My editor comes back with like, is this a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a sentence. So the second half of the piece is a different piece than the first half of the piece. I've gotten that before. <laughs> yeah, they needed an editor. Um, from that point, it's time to go get the son. Now that they've the bus driver's gone, and who cares about the kids? So they get back in the car and they go to flight school. Uh-huh. It's just called flight school sure. where Ben is. 
Is his name Ben or did I just think Ben? The child, is it Matt? The son, I don't know. Matt Ben. It's, it's some one, white man. Yeah, name. it's one of those names. Um, this son, by the way, I looked it up because I was like, how old is he? He looks old, and Tara Reid looks so young. Yeah. This actor is six years younger than Tara Reid. Yeah. Well, when when I saw that Tara Reid had a teenage daughter, I was like, all right, this is that's pushing it. Yeah. What are we? What are we doing here? Uh, just not great casting choices all around. Yeah. They go to flight school. Can't find a soul. No. Where are they? Tell somebody peeks behind this like thing of tin where the entire flight school is hiding, <laughs> and the instructor steps out, and she's like, "What's going on out there?" I'll be honest. I was like kind of in and out of this. This part. is you're going to have to fill in the blanks because I actually, <laughs> I think I was like just actively texting you at this point and not paying attention. I kept stopping the movie to see how much time was yeah. left. I was like, it's got to be over soon. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she steps out in like a hangar, and all of a sudden a shark flies through, oh my flies through the ceiling and eats her, and then is gone somehow. Mm. The shark just, like, walked away. Yeah, and then, you know, the tornado comes into the hangar, as tornadoes are known to do, and so they're all in this little space waiting out the tornado when it's gone. So they go and raid a store and decide to make a bomb to throw into the, the sharknado. Tornado. Because you, in the logic of this film, if you drop a bomb in the middle of a tornado then the tornado goes away. Yeah. Because it neutralizes the air. A little concerning that the teenage boys at this flight school know how to make a bomb. Don't love that. No. Uh, and they're able to do it very they, quickly. Very quickly and efficiently with uh, items that are easily found at a hardware store. How long does does a tornado last? You know, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it's like there's a tornado and it goes around town for nine hours. Like, I think it's, like, a, a kind of a quicker thing. It's more, more of, like, on, a, on an earthquake time, like, slot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I all my entire knowledge of tornadoes comes from the movie Twister. And if I, I feel like Twister taught us they last about five minutes. It's, it's quick. It's yeah. quick. It's probably not enough time to build a bunch of bombs, make a huge, massive plan, get in a helicopter, go above yeah. the thing, and bomb it. Yeah, but that's what happens. Is like, there's like a conveniently one helicopter on the roof of this flight school, and they're like, "Will it work?" And the son like walks behind the helicopter, does nothing, and says, "Yeah, it's gonna fly." <laughs> and so, you know what we haven't even mentioned yet? Somehow, there's a whole character. That has been in every scene of this movie that we haven't even mentioned. <laughs> There's two characters that have been in every scene of this movie. Two? An Australian guy, oh, a Tasmanian yeah. guy who's like oh, the friend. The most Australian. Like, every one of his lines is like, oh, mate. that looks like a kangaroo, mate. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Like, oh, invite a whatever mix. I should go Oh, buy you that. know what else we forgot to mention is how at the beginning of this movie, there's like some sort of like shark dealing dark web deal between a Russian and like a Chinese man. Cause sure. It's this like movie needed that. it is actively offensive. The, the Russian's accent I'm like what are you doing here? What is Did happening? You, you know that one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is when and they, they do it the worst with Russians for some reason it's when the person is speaking 
really complex English. So they like clearly have a great handle on the English language, but their accent is like absurdly strong. Yeah. Because if somebody knows English that like that well, that they're using like huge words and not making grammatical errors, their accent's pretty toned down because they yeah. practice the language so much. But in these movies, they're always there's always like a Russian that's like, we will fix the bombs and make sure to throw them over the tornado. And it's like, no, if a Russian could put that sentence together, hey, tornadoes. Like, it would be a slight accent. Yeah. (laughs) And I hate it so much. So there's that. There's a Tasmanian who's been like around this whole time and one of the there's a woman waitresses from the bar who who has a suspicious scar on her leg. That looks like cake icing. Yeah. And it's like three like claw marks basically and the whole movie every time somebody's like what's that she's like I don't want to talk about it they absolutely put a sign up in a community college that was like we need prosthetics for a movie won't pay you but you'll get a lot of exposure like that's (laughs) the person who applied to that is the person that did the scar on her leg Uh, so her and the son decide that they're going to stop the Sharknado by dropping bombs in them I really I really kind of stop paying attention here but somehow all the rest of the people end up at a retirement community somehow and they're watching this and uh so they drop the bombs there's three tornadoes obviously they (laughs) drop the bombs and two of them and that's a success and then something goes awry with the third one and they lose communication okay but wait when it's at some point at this sometime around this point that she finally discloses how she got the scars this was this was actually the best part of the whole movie. I was dying. Yeah. So he's like, the son, she's had a crush on the hero the whole time, but now she's falling in love with the his waitress. Son. Yeah, the waitress. Yeah. So she she's on the helicopter with them, and the son's like, I, I think it's when they're on the helicopter. He's like, so how did you get those scars? And she finally tells the story that we've been teased with this whole time. And this is, the director thinks this is the when they're in Jaws, and there's that like quiet night yeah. on the boat, and what's-his-face shares the story of at war and all the sharks came out and it's like very heavy and eerie that's what he thinks he's doing that's what he thinks he's doing and so she tells this story and the story is basically i fell in the water and a whole bunch of sharks were swimming around and six men jumped in to save me and the sharks (laughs) ate all six men (laughs) and then she just says i lost my grandfather (laughs) The sharks took my grandfather. Yeah, the sharks took my grandfather. Like, took him where? To Disneyland? Like, so, so fun. I was screaming. It's a lot. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so then. So then. They're in the helicopter. Yeah, were you paying attention during yeah. this? Okay. <laughs> because this is another best part. So they're throwing bombs <laughs> into the tornado, and it's like kind of working, I guess, although not well enough, because a shark comes into the helicopter and eats her. Right. Just straight right. up whole. Right. Yeah. Eats her whole, and then the shark's like, ha ha ha, and then goes back into the tornado. Mm-hmm. And the, the sun... It's a big shark. It's a huge shark. And the, they're all very big. And the sun's reaction when, he, when she gets eaten, he looks over for several seconds, and then he just goes... No! No! (laughs) And then he keeps flying the helicopter.
Which, to be fair, is the best reaction anyone has had to yeah. any of the shark I mean, deaths. At least up he to reacted. This point. At least he, <laughs> he acknowledged you know that a what? human died. I actually have a theory now, a working theory that just popped into my mind. I think that the actors and the people on set didn't know when people were getting eaten by sharks, and that's why no one reacts. And then in like post production, uh, they're like, uh, "That guy doesn't have." any relevant lines after this. Just have him get eaten right now. <laughs> and so they just, like, CGI'd a shark and to eat him, and then everybody else just keeps acting like that didn't happen. I, I think that that holds water, honestly. I think that there's something to that. It explains a lot, if that's the case. Okay, but then somehow the hero also ends up in a shark. Yeah, okay, so they, they, they bomb the thing, and then he lands the helicopter, and then everybody's out there, but then there were a bunch of sharks, like, on the landing pad or whatever. <laughs> and so the the hero has now has a chainsaw. Um, he previously was using guns, actually very effectively, so I don't know why he put the guns away, got a chainsaw. <laughs> but so he goes running, and the shark is jumping through the air, and he jumps through the air, and with the chainsaw on, he goes into the shark head first. The same one that ate the waitress. Well, we don't know that yet. Oh, I'm Meg. so sorry. Spoiler. And he gets into the shark, and then everyone's like, oh, no, dad's dead mm -hmm. now. And the shark's laying there. But then we suddenly see a chainsaw come through the top of the shark and saw a big hole in the shark. And the hero and the woman who had been eaten from the helicopter pop out of the shark. Somehow swallowed whole. Somehow swallowed whole, both Sharks of them. Sharks are notorious for biting, but yeah. these people have their limbs completely intact. They, they got, yeah, uh, Jonah'd. And uh, so they, they come out of the shark, and then they lay on the ground, and then she says, I really hate sharks. Ah. <laughs> but then, Hero wipes off his mouth and kisses the ex-wife with whom he has done nothing but bicker since we've seen the two of them together. Yeah. Zero chemistry. Zero indication that they're still interested in each other. And here they are kissing at the end of the movie. And the son kisses the waitress who up until this point has been very... Into the hero. Into his father. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. And that's, that's it. Still don't know where those kids are. My biggest question when it ended was are straight people okay <laughs> no eli we're not because <laughs> this is just straight people like we we were not involved in the <laughs> making of this film that bus driver had some bi-curious vibe <laughs> i thought Ugh. uh yeah sharknado uh fun fact our governor gary herbert is in sharknado 4 what? Yeah, yeah. A shark flies into his office and he has to feed it back with objects from his office as governor. Okay, I will. I will watch that scene. Yeah, obviously, I'll send it to you. I only have it in Spanish for some reason, but I'll send it to you. We we made it sound like we enjoyed watching this more than we actually did. Oh, it was torture. To be clear, I do not recommend this. This is a bad movie. Yeah, like they're... and not not troll too bad. Where you're like, wow, this is a wild ride. It's boring it's so boring it's it reminded me it was like if you made jurassic world but without a budget and because yeah. remember when we went to jurassic world and we're like not only is we, there was a lot to make fun of and it was so terrible but it was also incredibly boring to sit through yes that's what this was like except no budget and at least jurassic world there was like a narrative arc and yeah it was stupid a cinematographer 
you know, like there was like there elements was of a real movie. Mild continuity. continuity. Yeah. This is just like everybody showed up. They did this in two days and they're like, cool, let's sell it. Yeah. And somehow they did. Yeah. To so, sci-fi. Maybe the American dream's not dead. <laughs> At least it wasn't in 2011 or 12 or whenever they made this thing. I think 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they've been making them ever since. I lived next to a woman in our first house who, for she did not seem to like me. She was not friendly. One reason, though, we were both standing outside someday and we like had one of the only conversations we ever had. And she said, oh, shoot, I got to go. I've got to watch Sharknado 4. <gasps> I love the Sharknados. And I was like, there's so much about you. I don't know. And this is such a surprising thing to learn. So there is an audience. There are this. people who love Sharknado. And she didn't strike me as the kind of person who ironically likes things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So... If if anybody's listening to this and you legitimately like Sharknado, email us. I would honestly, like, truly be interested to hear from somebody. And we will yeah. ridicule you. I bet it would be fun in a group. And I bet it would be fun if you'd seen it before mm. and kind of knew what was coming, but maybe. But you'd you'd, it would have to be like, I have a party going on and we're doing a lot of stuff and Sharknado's on in the background. Yeah, everybody be quiet for this one part. Yeah. <laughs> This is where Hal or Colin or whatever his name gets eaten. Uh, anyway, Sharknado, two thumbs down. Hard. Can hard. We, we can't do that. It's probably a copyright infringement. Two toes down. One hive out of five. Oh, yeah, hive. Yeah. One B. One B out of on five. On our B scale. There we go. We should start giving stuff like a one out of five on the B scale. We should. This is officially a one out of five on the B scale. <laughs> we've, you heard it here. We've set the floor. <laughs> we were rating this movie that came out seven years ago. <laughs> you Hot were, off the press. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, we have decided we're going to do Hive Mine every two weeks, uh, just so we can be a little bit more prepared. I mean, you could tell how prepared we were today. <laughs> watched it that's something yeah um and so you'll hear from us again in another two weeks until then everybody and take in, care of yourself. in the meantime keep keep up with the beehive.com because we are constantly publishing pop culture stuff and stuff about movies and i mean i don't know if constantly that might have been an oversight <laughs> but there's stuff on there so go check it out i've been doing yes. uh movie recaps there of you go. terrible old church films there you go yeah. i have a piece coming out about a soundtrack to a movie so perfect stay tuned yeah uh thanks everyone we will see you in a couple weeks Bye.